podcast number 11, a very magical number 11 for a very magical place where I am in Costa Rica. I am here in the Guanacaste region with a newly found friend by the name of Helena who rescued me in a way from uh, from something that I came here to do, which didn't quite work out for me, obviously. I was sent here to Costa Rica and for some reason came all this way to be here in this magical, magical, beautiful jungle, singing with love with the parrots and the howling monkeys and the all the insects. Uh, and Helena's um, beautiful voice as well. She is a uh, an energy healer, a yoga teacher, uh, a massager of the heart in many, in many, many ways. And I sure do appreciate her being here. She's originally from the United States and uh, from the beautiful. Uh, place of Wyoming, but she has been here in Costa Rica for 21 years. She's also a Qigong teacher as well, and a magnificent healer, and if you could see her, she looks like Margot Kidder, and I am not kidding. She looks like Margot Kidder. I showed Helena some photographs of Margot Kidder because she didn't remember exactly who she was, and she was a little surprised herself, so... Marco, if you're listening, hello, and thank you so much for uh, your time here on the planet Earth. We are here to talk about communication from uh, other beings from off-planet. Helena has some experience with that, and this place, this place in Costa Rica, and actually the entire uh, country, is just so beautiful and so relaxed in that field of being able to receive and that field of being, being able to love and to communicate. We happen to be near a very famous and sacred place, a heart-shaped lake called um, Lake Coter, C-O-T-E-R, where there was a photograph taken over 40 years ago of a silver-shaped round disc going into the lake sideways. And uh, Helena will be on next to talk about this, and she's going to explain her relationship with the lake and everything about that lake. You can actually go on uh, online to see a NASA photo of this, and they declared even now to be the best photograph ever taken of a UFO undisputed on this planet. So I'm going to turn the podcast over to Helena, and I want to thank her so much for this time and our connection now at this time. Hi, Colleen, and um, thank you for inviting me to chat with you this morning. Um, Colleen appeared pretty magically in my life, and with Colleen, she brought a book, and this book is called Beyond, Beyond the Light Barrier by Elizabeth Clare. And when I began to read this book, it was so reassuring to me because 
what she was describing were things that I've actually experienced on many levels and in many ways. And it was very comforting because it's a message, it's a romantic message and a message of hope and a message of light and love. And so many uh, times when we talk about beings from other star systems or other places within the universe, it's these dark, scary images of beings who are, who are not ready to tune into the light. It's, it's beings who come for biological experiments or sample gathering, things like that, which can be quite frightening. And so this book that uh, Colleen brought was just like a joyful eye-opener for me and very comforting. Um, and it reminded me that here, nearby, 20 minutes from here, is one of the most sacred sites uh, in all of Central America. It's this heart-shaped lake. It was an ancient volcanic, it's an ancient volcanic lake and it's found to be bottomless. Jacques Cousteau, the famous undersea explorer, came here to try to measure the depths of this lake and he never was able to measure it. The tubes, the lava tubes go down so vastly into the earth that it was immeasurable. Many local native peoples, the Maleku tribe in particular, regard this lake as sacred. And, and Helena, how do you how do you spell that? Those indigenous Indians. How do you say that name again? Maleku, M A L E K U, Maleku. Okay. The Maleku tribe uh, are guardians of this lake, and they have kept watch here for centuries and centuries. There's only 600 of them left. At this point, a vast number of them were murdered for their land, which had rubber trees. But that's another story. And um, it's the it's been a place where the shamans and chiefs from as far away as Peru would spend seven years walking here in order to be um, how do you call that? Uh, to initiate it, yeah. For their initiation, it was a requirement that you come to this lake. And it's always been considered a very, very sacred place. It's a very quiet place, high on a mountaintop, and often secluded in mist. And um, Is it open to the public, or is there someone watching after the land, or is there anything built there? Right now, it's there's still nothing built there, but... Recently, um, it has gone up. There's some parts of it that are for sale on one side. The whole northern side of the lake is owned by one person who has completely protected it. And it would be nice if someone would buy the other side to protect it as well. But the spirit of the lake is more than that. There is an energy there. There's a, an invisible presence there at that lake, which... If you're ready, if you're ready to see what's there, it's very tangible and 
very, very powerful. Would one have to open their heart because it's heart-shaped in a way to be able to see what is there? And I know that you have told me that you have seen something there, and I really would like you to explain, you know, who you saw and what what it was that you um, that you saw. All of that. So, oh, to share my experiences with the lake. There was a very magical time period where I was going to the lake quite a lot, really every day. Um, someone was there, an, another person, an amazing young woman named Fabiana, and she felt she had been sent there to protect the lake and to tune in to the energies there. And she had created a zone, which is not quite a dome. It's a like a dome, but there's a point on the top. And she had rented this land beside the lake and built a zone there where she placed a giant crystal. And she would have meetings on Sunday there. And so a few of us would go on Sunday and we would do a meditation with her uh, there at that place. Over time, she was she was in the process of buying a lodge called Echo Lodge very near the lake, and um, it didn't work out. Then. It didn't work yeah. out. It didn't work out, but a lot was done at that time. And so my experience, as part of my experience, was often when I'd be driving by to go to the other town, the next town, to do to give a treatment to one of my clients or to just to be going to a shop or something, I would be driving by and my the wheel of my car would physically turn and pull, I wouldn't have any choice. My car would drive up to the lake. Now I have gone by the hill, of course there's a sign at the bottom of the hill where it says UFO or Nassau or something, yeah. and, um, and your car, you're, are you saying that the the wheel, your wheel, would drive up that hill? Because that's a pretty steep hill. It's a steep, windy, horrible road that I didn't want to take my car on. But my car would turn. My wheels, I was like, the wheel of my car with my hands, my hands would be told to turn. There was like a voice speaking to me, not with words, but a telepathic voice telling me to turn. And one of these days, I... Um, I was driven up there. I had an appointment that I shouldn't have missed, but it was obviously obvious that I was supposed to go up to the lake. And I drove up, and I drove to this home, to this special place, and I spent some time there. And there's a particular dance that I do called the Dance of Four Directions. It's a very flowing Tai Chi form, very ancient form, honoring the elements of the earth in the four directions, the sky and the earth. And as I was doing this dance, there was this beautiful golden being that appeared to me. And he, it was a, not really a male or a female, but seemed more masculine, tall, beautiful being, golden. And he told me his name was Elohim Dahor. So Elohim D and then apostrophe O R. Mm -hmm. Elohim Dahor. Okay. Elohim Dahor. Did you ask him what his name was, or did he just volunteer that? 
No, he said basically, hello, I'm Elohim. The oh, okay. <laughs> very loving, very gentle, very friendly being, but not a dense physical being, a transparent light, light being, but with color and form, and I could converse, and a very warm, loving, beautiful presence. And he told me at that time he was the guardian of an intergalactic portal. And I'm like, intergalactic portal, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. And I looked up, and above I saw the most vast, vast, what I could only call a mothership that I could even imagine. And it was just stably present above me. When you have uh, shared this um, experience with me over the last couple of days, every time you talk about this, uh, the dimensions of the ship or whatever, you can hardly even say what it is because you are remembering in the moment that this um, spaceship was as large. You can't even, uh, you're trying to describe the dimensions of it and how vast it was, but you, it was there's vast. no words to describe. Are you by yourself? then up there by the lake, okay. I was by myself, standing at the zone area for the Fabian had created. And so I I made like a, a namaste to Elohim Dar, and he communicated, not with words, but with just pure energy transference, quite a lot of information to me at that time. And he described to me that this vast mothership is actually an intergalactic gateway portal and that it functions on intention but it's a very it was huge it was as as large as the entire horizon semi-transparent but very clear and there were rows like mandala uh, of light beautiful pulsing light from the bottom of it I couldn't see the sides or above because it was vast. It was very big. Did you hear anything? No. There was no sound. No sound. Okay. And Just, is that is that um, the, the the guardian is the, is the guardian of the lake itself or what's inside the lake or the ship is the ship the guardian of the lake? No, the guardian was was the guardian of the portal. Okay, the guardian of the intergalactic portal, which is a ship a type of ship. It's a light ship, a type of light ship. And he explained to me that it pulses into visibility and out. And not, not everyone can see it, but it pulses. And, um, and how long ago was this, Helena? It must have been hmm, probably 10 Years I was going to say about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think it was about 10 yeah. years ago now. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the, my time period there, I was there quite a long time. Um, it just didn't go away. I mean, it was there. It was solid and not fleeting and not instant. It was a long time. And communicating with this, with this uh, mm-hmm. energy for all this time? Did you learn some things that you wanted to know, or 
Well, it was very natural. It was so comfortable and warm and loving and inviting. It was, it was as if I was being reminded of things that I knew already and reconfirming things that were quite natural to know already. Things about the universe and the way that uh, light and propulsion within, beyond time and beyond space occur and how it is possible for beings to travel from one place in the universe to another. Uh, And it's not in metal ships at all. It's in ships made of light and awareness. And at the end of our meeting, um, he said to me, this place is now not going to be active anymore. This particular place where the zone was. He said, and the crystal inside is in danger. And so I want you to go into the building and take the crystal out right now and bring it to Fabiana. And he, he gave me various messages for Fabiana at different times, actually from different locations. And so I'm like, well, okay. And I went in and I took the crystal. It was a quite big crystal, but heavy. It actually felt like a baby, a newborn baby to hold it. And I just very lovingly and gently took it and got in my car and I drove over to where Fabiana was. And when I drove up, not knowing if she would even be there, I had had no physical communication with her. She was sitting in the yard of the garden with a group of seven people, and they were holding hands and focusing on communicating with celestial beings. When I drove up, it was a group who were particularly interested. they come from San Jose, they were Costa Rican people, and they were particularly interested in connecting with the benevolent star beings. And I had no idea this was going on. I was just driving to town. And so I carried it up, carried the crystal up to her, and I handed it to her, and she immediately burst into tears. And she received uh, a message as well at that time. And we all sat there in a circle just meditating for quite a while. It was a beautiful reunion. So that was one one of the things that happened there. And was this her crystal that she had placed, you know, in the in the bill in the bill what she had made that, that point in that building? So what what was she told to do about the crystal? It was her crystal and she had left it there. Uh, to to be a, a stabilizing mm-hmm. point of light and love. Um, she was she was called, told just to take it and treat and like a loving baby, take it care of it as her baby and keep it with her now, because something was going to happen there and in that physical location, but not necessarily the etheric dimension of that location. Uh, so that was one one of the things. But then, um, wasn't she um, told to grow out to the middle of the, the lake? Oh, that was a different. Oh, that was I a see. different. Um, um, oh, okay, that was not message with, with the same crystal. Then that, that was, was a different crystal. And I went back to meet Elohim there again on another time when I was called up there. 
and I was called there. And he explained to me that it was very important for all the waters of the world to be programmed with love. And he said, love and harmony. And that's like la-di-da, you know, send your friend a Valentine cupcake, but really down to the nitty-gritty primordial love. Love that is unconditional and is beyond time and beyond space. That divine love, like a Christ-like love. Our crystalline, our crystalline energy to with the earth to program a crystal and with our love to exactly. And yeah. So he told me at that time. Somehow I was chosen to be the messenger for Fabiana. For some reason she didn't see and she didn't hear. But I have always, from my childhood, I've had a gift of hearing and seeing um, more like celestial beings and getting a lot of messages. I've always been a very sensitive receiver. And so he said to me, I'm calling him he, but it was beyond male and female. Yeah, like an androgynous golden being. Yeah, an androgynous golden being. He explained to me that what was to be done is to find a very pure, clear Lemurian crystal, which Fabian actually had, uh, that I didn't know about. She, he said to take a very pure crystalline crystal, Lemurian crystal, and that was to be very specifically programmed with a non-violent, very powerful vibration of love, and that a male and a female on the full moon were to row this crystal into the middle of the lake after it had been programmed and send it into the lake to program the waters of the lake in a very permanent, stable way. Because when the sun is over the lake, the waters evaporate, and that frequency goes into the clouds and spreads, showering that frequency down on the earth. Hmm. And so I, I took uh, the message. I just drove right up, and she was always there when the message came. She was always there. I kept Fabian. Yeah, there yeah. was never a telephone call or anything. It was just okay. I, I drove over and she was there and I said, okay, this is the next, this is the message. And so I told her and the Maleku shaman, which is a very ancient tribe of rainforest Indians who had been watching and guarding this lake for thousands of years, uh, he was chosen to be the one to row out the crystal on the full moon with her into the center of the lake. His people, will not touch the waters of the lake. It is so sacred to them that they they guard the lake. They always have someone there as a guardian and to report anything going on at the lake. But they won't enter it themselves because it's so considered so sacred to them. But in the boat, he and Fabian on the full moon rode out and placed that crystal in the lake. And the message was is that people all around the world can begin programming crystals and placing them in large bodies of water to increase the vibrational frequency of our planet and to connect with the crystal grid, which is being fortified and has been repaired around our planet. 
at this time? Yes, there. Uh, that is the, one of the most important things that we need to pay attention to at this time because of the water and reprogramming, you know, our love and our light for the water. And Dr. Emoto um, did a lot of uh, research about that with the, with the water crystals. And <clears throat> there was a period of time when I've heard many stories about people gathering around bodies of water that were polluted or contaminated and to change the molecular structure, you know, of that through their, through their love. So I love that it's also done with, with, with crystals um, because I happen to <clears throat> love crystals. Now, <clears throat> when we go there today, uh, hopefully to, to see this lake and to pray, you know, by the lake, will there there'll be some of these uh, guardians or Indians there too that we might be able to see? I don't know. Okay, and you, uh, Helene, you said that Elohim Deor uh, said that it was not no longer going to be in use or, or activated. Did he mean through the spaceship that he was on, or what did he mean by that? Um, he said he said their presence will be invisible to beings uh, of lesser intent that will come to the physical location. I see, but. They can be accessed. The thing about the, um, the mothership, it's not always present there. Obviously, it, it, open, it manifests and then becomes invisible. It is visible at times, and it's, it's active and inactive. It's a stargate. It's a stargate type of mothership mm. that becomes activated and not activated. Does that make sense? Yes, of course, because uh, certainly, uh, because of the, also the book uh, Beyond the Light Barrier that um, talks in scientific terms as well <clears throat> on how these uh, spaceships are operated by thought intention. And I love that, you know, because that's really where the power is. And I really have to thank uh, JJ and Desiree Hurtock for the for this book or the information, they brought this um, information out at the last um, contact in the desert uh, gathering. But I didn't know, but I didn't know about it. We are, we get bombarded with terrible, awful images from Hollywood and, and the government and the secret space program and all of that, you know, with, with horrible, the horrible uh, manipulative uh, awful uh, beings from off-planet, and um, we don't have enough, or not in connection enough with um, with the benevolent ones, and so we need to learn about them, not to give even our power over to them, but to understand who we are as a galactic citizen of this world, to be able to put on our light garment as as um, the Keys of Enoch would say, and um, and communicate. And boy, am I all about communication on this planet. So, Helena, please, yeah. Um, I want to interject there. We must choose what we choose to focus upon. And all those, that bombardment of the energy of the negative uh, nature, 
we will only be bombarded with it if we choose to look at the media, if we choose to read the media. And therefore, it is of utmost importance to really be careful on what we focus our attention. Where attention goes, energy flows. That's one of the most ancient and key principles of the universe. What I focus upon, I will manifest in my life, and I will radiate that which I focus upon. My my Qigong teacher, Daisy Lee, beautiful being, we, we went to the lake with Miguel, the guardian of the lake, and she really emphasized the importance of focusing on learning directly from the universe. She will never look at a TV or a radio station or any of those things. She says, and I agree, I do the exact same thing. I don't have a television. I have a phone for communication, but I do not look at negative reports or negative things because she says the universe will let you know what you are supposed to know. Absolutely. We don't need to plug into this mass media brainwashing negative media. It isn't true anyway, and the, the facts are not, there's only coming from, you know, their own negative thoughts of those facts. I want to uh, say something here about the, the background noise. Perhaps you might hear the, uh, the farmer who is, um, you know, is calling uh, his cows, and we are actually on a... On, a, on, the, on the edge of a beautiful, beautiful farm where the farmer uh, calls his, co- his cows in and he has a very nice, soft, gentle voice. His name is Oscar and he gave us some of the cheese <laughs> because I said, hey, Helena, can we get some of that cheese? Um, it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous here and, and thinking of the cows and hurting them, calling them in, it's almost like oh, we think in the negative term here is sheeple ourselves being herded through uh, a negative thought system and process that really does not belong to our true energy, natural love, galactic <laughs> nature that really we were born from. And it's getting heavier and heavier and thicker and thicker. Uh, And we really have to be careful, as you said, not to be herded into a direction or a thought system that is all is false. And and that false if it's neg if it's negative and your freedom is curtailed, your thoughts are curtailed, then you know that you're not going in the right direction. Um, in my own uh, research and also my work throughout the 65 years of being here on this planet, I know you're not too far behind me here in your, in your, in your love and service uh, here to this planet, which I'm very happy for and grateful to meet another uh, kindred spirit, real kindred spirit here. Um, it is about the fear uh, of death, and it is about the fear that, that, uh, of the unknown. And now the unknown is coming to be known, but in a negative way that we mustn't get plugged into. And I would like to turn the conversation to a little bit, um, a deeper intimacy um, with, uh, with the communication, because I feel this is such a, 
a touching time, you know, for us to have met one another and, and be here at this time. And then you shared with me that I know you have four have four children. One of them uh, has left this planet and gone elsewhere, which is connected in a way to what we are talking about in a way, which is why you found yourself up at that lake, you know, too. Can you tell us about what happened to your first son? Your yeah, first my oldest son. It's a very strange story, and I honestly don't share it with many people. But I had taken my son, actually, up there to the lake, to the meditations with Fabiana, and they had a very powerful connection. Um, they just clicked. It was amazing. Um, we did the meditations in the zone, and he was studying energy healing. And he had moved to San Jose, another area here in Costa Rica. And one morning, he simply, with nothing, with no ID, with no nothing, he simply was missing from the planet. And it sounds really bizarre and really strange, um, but we sent notices everywhere that every TV station, the Interpol, the, um, how do you call it, the embassy, every newspaper, every radio station. And for, for a long time, just looking everywhere in the hospitals, the morgues, everywhere, and not a single, single trace was ever found of him. And in what age did he disappear? Like 33. 33. <laughs> like when Christ disappeared, it's funny. But anyway, it, it was, you know, obviously quite disturbing as a mother to have your son disappear without saying goodbye. And I just, I thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe he went to the beach and, you know, swam out too far and drowned or something. I mean, there was just not a single clue, not any clue, and there not, there's no clue to this day. And then someone uh, was con conversing with me, her name is Chandini, and she says, she said, you know, I'm going to contact a psychic. And she says, she says, I feel and I know that he's not dead. I mean, he hasn't lost his physical form and just gone on. That he's actually alive somewhere. And I'm like, well, okay, go on if you like. I, I, uh, I'm trying to make peace with this. She contacted this psychic and she said, oh, he's he, was a, he was taken by benevolent beings from another star system. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding? Give me a break. This is like, this is too much. But then two or three other psychics spontaneously told me exactly the same thing without me even asking. They said, your son is not dead. Your son is alive. He's, he is conducting scientific research with beings from other star systems. So it was, it was just kind of a strange... So you've had this 
thought and heaviness about, about other beings, uh, you know, the off-planet, and uh, didn't really understand or, or know, because that's connected with the sadness and the loss and the tremendous loss of a human being here that you gave birth to, for aliens or other uh, off-planet off beings to, to have taken for, for, and you're not really sure about that, but... But then, so what did you do? Did you, after a while, after years, because it's been how many years now? Since, um, it's been seven years. Seven years? I think so. Which is yes, not really, then, not that long, though, has it been. But you can never get over that kind of loss. I mean, that kind of a shock, anyway. Oh, it's shocking, so, yeah. Of course it's I would think it's shock. So did you, did, so then you said you went to the lake to let him go. So well, tell us about that. What's funny is I didn't even think of it until today. This is the first day I realized what I had done. Um, at some point, after four years, I decided, I said to my other children, I said, I'm going to have a memorial service for Michael because I need closure with this. And I didn't even think about the thought that people had said he'd been you know, that he's alive and he's been still in the same similar form taken you know, to do some kind of research I actually went up to Lake Coder and I, there's a large boulder there and I, I had like a celebration of his life and I wrote everywhere he had been, he'd been all over the world and everything he had done and taught he was, he was an amazing being he could, he would sing and dance and and act. He was an actor. He was the president of his school. He was a thes uh, thespian. Is that what's called? Yeah, thespian. Yeah, yeah, in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, played a lot of lead roles. Lead roles. He was like a dynamic being. He had an incredible memory, like almost photographic memory. We never tested it. Maybe it was. But he was married and also had a child. Yeah, and he had a child. He had a child, and. Um, so for him to just, just like disappear off the planet suddenly was just so kind of shocking. But anyway, but I went there and celebrated it, celebrated and said goodbye there, and it didn't occur to me until just today that that's where I saw the mothership. And Helena, thank you for that, because for heaven's sakes, your testimony to your life experience and your and your service here uh, by giving birth to this uh, being. Many other human beings have had similar experiences where they have lost or they, uh, they have had family that have been affected or, or taken, even themselves. It's a big, big deal. And it's all coming, you know, to surface here. And I think that it's really important, you know, that we share with one another so that we can get to the truth of really who we are and our communication with, with uh, perhaps even the, the, the beings of light that, that took him. So I am I'm grateful to, uh, to be here with you at this time and to have brought this book up, Beyond the Light Barrier. And you... You hold it to your to your chest like your heart, like it's your <laughs> like, like your, <laughs> like oh God, don't take this book away from me. And there are sixteen pages blank, 
And I have to say that that is the most bizarre thing ever. I have purchased probably five copies of this book. Uh, I had read most of it before I left the United States. I came here. I just finished the last uh, few chapters. I never, ever realized that there were 16 pages missing uh, where I picked up from my reading. And then when I gave it to you, I said, okay, I've finished this book. You know, would you like to read this? And you said, oh my God, this is just amazing. And then and in another day you said, there are pages missing here. And I'm going like, what did you do to the book? <laughs> what, what did you do to the story here? How is this possible? And I thought, oh my God, are you supposed to write, you know, in these blank pages? So I want to thank my friend Judy uh, Blake for sending photocopying those 16 blank pages and sending it to us this morning. So please uh, talk about why you are so connected to this story. The reason I'm so connected to this story is because I have had memories, like very powerful memories of memories of being in another star system in this lifetime not in this lifetime but a long long time ago and I remembered um, being uh, this is going to sound really strange but I was an intergalactic uh, commander and it sounds like oh yeah sure but the ship that I co-piloted with another being it was completely propelled by intention, and it was a, a ship made of light and frequency, not a metal ship. And when I I took an initiation from, uh, what was his name, Eric Pearl's program, the, um, I can't even remember what it's called. Reconnection? Now. Oh, yeah, the Reconnection. Yeah. And during that... Which he got from the Keys of Enoch. Yeah, right. the Keys of Enoch 317. Uh, anyway, during that, I had a very vivid, vivid uh, uh, vision with a lot of detailed information and hieroglyphs confirming that, that long ago, it was long ago, that I actually came to this star system via, on a mission actually, bringing other beings to this planet. I don't really remember the details from the physical plane, but I remembered the impressions. And I see it in hieroglyphics, like an Egyptian type of writing, not, not English or Sanskrit, which I did study to read and write. Uh, so when I read everything in this book, it described exactly what, what I saw and what was revealed to me and what I remembered. And I don't tell anyone. I don't talk about it. It's like very personal. And so when I read this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I'm familiar with this. I know this. Oh, yeah, and I know that. It's, it was really comforting. So don't you think that the 16 pages, you know, that are missing, it's almost like um, you could actually... You showed me your notebook of, of notes and, and also graphics that you have drawn, you know, about the propulsion systems, about how these uh, ships move with, by thought intention. And I just think there's no coincidence 
that these pages are missing so that you can fill them in with your own <laughs> it's right in communication and your own connection I was afraid yeah. more pages would disappear, so I started reading the book really quickly. I'm like, please, please don't disappear oh. any more pages. There's like whole double pages missing. Yes, but so uh, thank you. Thank you, Judy, for sending those missing pages. But um, So, well, I, I want to thank you uh, for this number 11 podcast. I always wait for the right time and the right person situation to to show up according to my beautiful, wonderful guidance and guides who reminded me strongly this morning that my own mission and my whole energy field is about communication. And they show me this word in huge letters because I can't exist without it. And I have a difficult time also on this earth plane if I'm not in the right kind of communication. So it's about what the heck are we transmitting? What are we transmitting? Where and how are we transmitting? And how are we receiving? And what are we receiving? So to go back to your your heartful warning about let the dynamics of the negative programming that are trying to really turn the, the screws and tighten, you know, uh, our energy fields uh, to um, the negative programming and the negative way of thinking. I ran a healing center. I had a healing center for 11 years. There's 11 11, 11, <laughs> 11 years, and I proved beyond anything in this world that Jesus, all this that I can do, you can do and more, and that that is our intentions, and that's what we have come here to do, to really understand who and what we are, and to be able to communicate with one another in a heartfelt way and with our minds and you know with our hearts and our love and never give up <laughs> never 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 give up and so uh if you want to share some more thoughts or anything about what your intentions are now i know you have your own beautiful little center here healing center of light and you work with uh people who come to costa rica and uh, they are welcome in your home for, for healing or even just to stay there with you. And um, some closing thoughts, Elena. Well, I want to reiterate the most important message right now for all of us on this planet who want to see our planet improve, just want to see the weather patterns improve, who want to see the pollution and all the negative programming that's going out through the media, the most important thing we can do is turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and tune in to nature herself and meditate, go within, connect with the source of infinite love. It's what I focus on that I will manifest in my life. It's what I focus on that I will create. Like years ago when I saw there was movies about mass 
um, tsunamis and tornadoes and all those things, I thought, oh no, they're going to manifest that on this planet. And sure enough, look, it's happening because the media has power, but it only has power if you look at it and if you listen to it. So turn towards your light meditate, focus, find other people who are focused on being loving, kind, uh, world, planetary, conscious beings. And that's the most important thing in my experience, in my opinion, that we can possibly do right now. Our mission is to shine, to be our light and to shine. And thank you, thank you so much for that. And really, especially to the younger people and the, the ones that are growing up in a nuclear world, that uh, the threat is so much more real than it was in our time when we grew up. Don't give up. The future is, is in your hands. You do have the power. Keep seeking and, and searching for, for the truth and, and your light and just ask ask for what you need, ask God for what you need, and always rely on your own intuition. You do not need to believe anything or anyone else that you feel is not coming through the heart, from the heart, and, and looking after your well-being. You have the power, you have the power, you were built with the power whatever you need to do uh, to reprogram your own thoughts and yourself. Seek the help. Write. Don't give up. Never, never give up. Go wherever it is that your heart takes you and follow your heart. There are going to be many people behind you and beside you and in front of you leading the way. Trust yourself. Trust your connection and communicate with yourself and your love and your light. Thank you. And thank you, Helena from Costa Rica with all the sounds of nature behind us, with the car, the tractor, the, the cows. There was a cow mooing there at one point. Uh, with the farmer's voice, uh, with all the insects, everything is alive here and so are we and I thank you so much for your friendship and now I know why I came to Costa Rica. Thank you Helena. Can I, I'd like to say yes. one more thank yes. you. I want to say thank you to all the young people who are from very some very young ages making amazing breakthroughs to clean up this planet. The young boy who created the system to begin cleaning up the great plastic garbage patch in the Pacific and there's another one in the Atlantic and all the young people who are coming up with ways and means to clean up our planet and to clean up our atmosphere. This planet is in your hands my dears and I just celebrate you and thank you so much for all the really amazing breakthroughs that you're making. Hats off to you. Hats off and 
lots of money <laughs> to to help you as well. Yeah. And um, we that have been on the planet for 60 years uh, or more, uh, thank you very, very much. We are here to help in any way we can. We salute you and we honor you and we will do everything in our power uh, to help and protect your visions and your light as well. Goodbye.